Off the ball. He's an absolute rascal. He sits there with a hand grenade, and every time there's a, there's a lull in the conversation, <laughs> he just gets one out and lobs it in. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. Gaelic football on Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. And you welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. This is the Saturday panel on Gaelic football. So we detailed at the beginning of the show that Rory Gallagher has stepped back as Derry senior football manager. We've reported, we will continue to report on any new developments to this story, which has got legal and personal aspects to it. But right now, for the purpose of this conversation, over the next hour, we're going to concentrate on the game of Gaelic football. So let's go through the fixtures this weekend. In the Talton Cup, round one today, Cavan Leash at Breffney Park from four. Dan Waterford in Newry from six, also at six. Limerick Longford at the Gaelic Grounds and then Meath Tipperary at half six and Navin. Then we have the provincial finals. Leinster tomorrow, the senior decider between Dublin and Loud throws in at Croke Park at 1.45. And then Armagh Derry in the Ulster final in Clonus from four o'clock. So looking ahead over the next while, as we also go through the Talton Cup fixtures tomorrow, we got Fermanagh Wexford, one o'clock at Brewster Park, Antrim Leitrim, one o'clock, Cargan Park in Belfast, Offaly London, two o'clock in Tullamore, and Wicklow versus Carlo at four o'clock in Ockram. So we will look ahead with the former All-Ireland winning defender with Donegal, Eamon McGee, ex-Louth player Paddy Keenan, and the ex-Dublin boss, Pillar Caffrey. Eamon McGee, well, we'll start with you. We're streaming the conversation as well, folks. You can listen on News Talk across the country. Also watch us on the Off The Ball digital and social channels, if you wish, on Twitter, YouTube, and on Facebook. So Eamon, uh, I suppose there's a lot of discussion around the provincial championships being defunct and uh, maybe for the dustbin. But when you're looking at Derry Armagh tomorrow, a set-out crowd, Derry looking for back-to-back titles, first time since the 70s. Armagh not alone, have they not won one in 15 years? They haven't been in the final in 15 years, so it'll be a big day in Clonus. Massive, massive day in Clonus, and it's it's again Ulster is flying the flag in terms. Of it's probably kept the provincials alive for 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 this last uh, decade because there's been talk about provincials on the way out for for a long time. And 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 I think in fairness, the the GA have got the balance right in terms of there's a piece for everybody now in terms of your ability level. If you think you're above the Talton Cup. Uh, you go for your provincial, and you know if you think you're in All Ireland, you, you can concentrate in the All Ireland series. But the Ulster final, ma- ma- massive day, and, and there'll be a great buzz about, about Clonus now. Is fond, fond memories, and not so fond memories as as, as well. So, um, it's a, it's all it's always a great occasion. I've never been to Clonus for the Ulster final, Eamon. You've won three of them. Um, what is it like? Because when Donegal made the breakthrough in 2011, I believe it was what 19 years. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, nine, nine, 92, 92 was the last time we won it, and then we we, we won it in tw- twenty eleven. So uh, it it was a big break. But there was Ulster finals before that, and you know there was a few Ulster finals in Croke Park. Uh, Donegal and Armagh were part of that. And yeah, we loved Croke Park, but it was always Clonus was was hard to beat. You know, um, my first memory of the Ulster final was young fellow going up. You know, I think it was. Tw- 2000 and I'm not sure what it was there early noughties anyway for for an Ulster final and as, as a player and just coming up the hill in the bus and just the crowds 
the crowd's throng of the bus, and there was just a great, great buzz about it. And it says, "This, this is where, this is where I want to be." Do you feel the crowd in on you on the pitch of St. Tenerix Park? Are they close by? Is a good proximity, as it were? Yeah, it's 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 not something that that, that I would I would have paid too much heat to now. Yeah. But obviously, if they have the Crow Park there, I wouldn't say there's a disconnect there now. But they they seem to be closer, and you know, in terms of where you do the warm up, um, you know, you have to you have to go through the crowd to do your warm up. That's that's the way it would have been in, in our time. Um, come back then, and you're you're mingling and you're seeing faces, and and it's it's just a bit more personal if 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 you get me. And it's uh, the stadium that could be doing a bit of improvement in terms of the stadium in Clonus now, but the the actual occasion is is brilliant. Was there a, a key standout memory from any of those Ulster final wins for you? Obviously, the 20, 2011 one was, was was a big one, and the fact that we'd finally got over over the line, and you know, we we started to realise that this McGuinness man might be onto something, and we might <laughs> we, we might have to start paying a wee bit more attention to him, um, and it validated a lot of, of what he was saying, and you know, was a reward. So that that was a big one, but. A lot of positive memories and a lot of not so good ones. I think in 2013, um, I got one of the wildest roastings in my career in Ulster final. You know, I bought a pair of white boots, and um, for the Ulster final, I was in all star form, and it was just a matter of getting the Ulster final, tick the box, and you know, continue on my way to to my all star and into you know the All Ireland series and. Kieran Hughes from Monaghan just kind of put paid to that all-star stream and gave me the wildest uh, runabout. So it's uh, the Ulster final and the cloneness and the atmosphere. It smells weakness. So it's not it's not for the not for the faint-hearted now. So white boots. Are you like the Liverpool 1996 FA Cup? Uh, is it kind of that kind of vibe about it? As soon as that game was over, I think on the on the Monday or the Tuesday, I, I, I got rid of the white boots. I got rid of the white boots. So. Um, it was just a moment of hubris or, or whatever that word is now. Uh, I just thought, nah, we'll not do the white boots again. So when you were getting your roasting from Kieran, was he was he saying it in your ear? Look at you in your white boots. No, I didn't say. There was plenty being said between between the two of us, and I got quieter as the game went on. But uh, <laughs> the the white boots, the white boots weren't referenced referenced too much. I think his brother Darren t- took a took a wee look at me and says, "What what are you doing with them?" <laughs> you're, you're, you're not a white but <laughs> Paddy and Pillar how are we doing Paddy can you hear us there Paddy Keenan how are we there alright lads yeah how are we doing and Pillar Pillar Caffrey can you hear us there yeah I can hear you John yeah yeah we got you we got you um, Paddy what's it been like in Loud this week uh, you know you were captain in 2010 it was a very painful day for Loud. It was in your grasp and then it was a, a goal that should never have stood and it, it got me the title. But I suppose 13 years on, Mickey Hart in charge. What's the is the, what's the buzz been like this week up there? Great buzz about the place. Um, yeah, you're, you're, it's not too often you see the red and white flags all around the towns and clubs and all the rest. Um, you know, we're not necessarily used to being in this sort of position. So um, great, great buzz, I have to say. Now, the, the, we, the county board had an event there on um, Wednesday evening in, in Blackstone Waters, one, one of the sponsors, and um, I attended it. And um, yeah, just a great, great turnout, great buzz. You know, you're seeing people, you know, really getting behind the team this year and it's just building and building. So um, yeah, there's a lot of, look, you're going up and a lot of hope. There's, 
probably a little bit of fear there, the team that you're playing. But um, I think, you know, there's a sneaky suspicion with a lot of fans that, look, you can possibly pull something off here if things go right on, on the day. But, um, look, just great great to be at this level and playing at this, um, you know, playing one of the greatest teams and some of the greatest players um, in the last 10, 20 years of all time, um, some of those players. And, yeah, just 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 great little buzz about the place, yeah. Lads could do with a win, couldn't they, in a final like this to maybe banish 2010? Absolutely, yeah. It might uh, might stop people talking about 2010 to, to, to a point, to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, it'd be, look, it'd be, it'd be great. It'd give a great boost. Um, you know, 2010, we had... We got a bit of a run and, you know, getting to Leinster final and everything else. And just the way, obviously, that way that game went, things kind of, it kind of collapsed for loud for, for years after that. We, we'd, we'd a few lads obviously left the panel, went abroad. A lot of fans kind of left the, the, the county scene and stopped following the, 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 the county team for the next 10 years. They were that second with it. And um, we really lost away for, you know, a good 10 years um, after that. And it's only now it's really kind of coming back and, you know, you're getting a lot of fans back. You're getting good crowds to be, to be a huge crowd there tomorrow. So um, it'd be great to banish those memories and hopefully focus on the 2023 team as opposed to 2010 team. I suppose we do need to ask you about it as well, though, Paddy, given you're here and you were captain on the day. It was the day of the World Cup final. I remember it was Spain and the Netherlands. It was that day in uh, July of uh, 2010. And... I remember the next day, the World Cup final wasn't even the top story on the bulletins. It was it was louder than me. You were ahead by a point going into the last minute of injury time and then me threw the ball over the line and it was awarded. And obviously the scenes afterwards were disgraceful as well. Like the, we can't condone what happened to Martin Sutton, but uh, from a from a from a sporting point of view, it was a travesty. Uh, where, where was your head after that on the day, in the weeks, in the years after that? Well, it must have been a very tough time for you even. Um, to be honest with you, once the, maybe the season was over, I kind of parked it. To be honest with you, and um, you know, you, you, unfortunately, you'll never be let forget about it. And you know, you, you you go down the country, you go abroad, anywhere nearly you go, people want to <laughs> ask you better, talk about it, or whatever. So, yeah, you, you, unfortunately, you never get a chance to ultimately forget about it. But look, I, I personally, I don't dwell on it. I think most of the lads that you know, I'd still be in, in touch with, they're the same as well. Look, life moves on, and you can't just sit dwelling on that for the rest of your days but um, I suppose a few weeks after it was probably quite difficult um, you know there was cameras all around the place I remember going to a county board meeting um, you know to see what we were going to do whether we were going to appeal and all that sort of thing and it was a massive distraction I remember going to the a meeting in the Fairways Hotel maybe the Tuesday after the game and RTE cameras and everything else outside the hotel waiting for people to come in and out and get a, get a bit of a snippet of a story Um and it, it just as time went on, it didn't seem like the GEA or Leinster Council or whatever were really going to make a stand on it. And I suppose us as players, we were, were drawn against Dublin then in the whatever the the next round. And I suppose the decision was then made. Just listen, we have to we have to focus on the next game. We can't just dwell on it. And it was a massive distraction coming up to that Dublin game. We didn't necessarily play well, and we might have beaten by seven or eight points or whatever it was in the end. But it was a huge distraction for the weeks after that. And. Yeah, I took the, I definitely took the eye off the ball, but maybe in hindsight we should have been a bit stronger, being honest. Um I don't know what stronger would be, whether it was not feeling a team or really protesting the, 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 the decision or whatever it was, but definitely in hindsight I think um maybe as a team, as a captain, as county board, as whatever, um that we didn't really push back um hard enough against against the GEA in, in my own opinion looking back now. And you've got a day job to do and everything, I'm sure, Paddy, your head must be melted. 
Yeah, and I, I, I only thought of it during the week. I remembered it during the week. You know, there was letters coming to the house. There was phone calls coming to the house. And I, I, I vaguely remember now at this stage, and I, I'd forgotten about it for years. There was one guy at over in Cavan or Monaghan or something like that, constantly sending letters in, ringing the house. I was living at home with my parents at the time. And, you know, I'd be ringing the house, talking to my father. He wanted to get talking to myself and just wouldn't let it go and trying to push us to go legal and all this sort of crack on it. So it was just bizarre, some of the stuff that was that was kind of happening and as you said there were stage jobs to go back to there was games to be played there was club championships and all the rest um, to continue off the rest of the season but all anybody wanted to to focus on and talk on was the the, the Leinster final and as players <laughs> we just want to move on and get on get on with it This is the mad thing about the GA because everybody feels they're invested in it and own part of it Pillar Caffrey have you ever, ever had anybody ring in the house looking for you? Yeah, I'm afraid so. And then uh, lots of letters through the years as well advised me what I wasn't doing right and needed to improve on. So, yeah, you always get the fanatic that uh, is willing to put pen to paper. And it, it's funny just listen to Paddy recall and the, 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 the scene afterwards. I was on duty as a guard inside the stadium that day and uh, even the implications of... of like the you know the, the result and, and and the effect of what happened that day after the match and uh, they created a new position in terms of match day positions for for, for the guardian on duty and um, for the following year uh, whenever I was on duty I got the job of minding the referee so you had to be down pitch side so as soon as the final whistle went uh, trying to stay out of the camera light but you, you were certainly your role was to make sure the referee got off the pitch uh, safely. So uh, it, it, it even had ramifications in, in relation to how matches were policed from then on. Uh, but look, I, I think for people who were in the stadium that day, and it was just complete shock uh, because everybody felt, look, hang on, this is going to be reversed. Something is going to happen. And then, you know, as it went on and the incident after the game, it, it, it even brought more shock to the occasion. And then as a GA person, you know, and replays have been given and granted and all that. You felt just in the days afterwards that, yeah, look, no, there, there's no way this is going to stand. Uh, you know, it was just, it was outrageous that uh, it, it wouldn't be rectified in some shape or form and allowed to get a replay out of it or whatever. But uh, as, as Paddy said, you know, the days turned into a week and then a fortnight, then you realise actually, you know, nothing is going to happen here. And it just suck it up and get on with it. And uh, but it, it was certainly one of the most bizarre uh, games I, I ever attended in, in terms of an outcome because... It wasn't even if you, people missed it, like, you know, and then with phones and, and all that, like people in, that were in the stadium that weren't really, because I don't think they showed replays within the stadium, if memory serves me right. I think they cut the replays within the stadium, but people on their phones were getting messages, no, hey, look, this was this was a try, this wasn't a goal. So it was a, there, there was a quite bizarre uh, aftermath on the day and then in the, in, in the days and weeks afterwards. So were you uh, then minding the man in the middle for the Dublin Kerry game the next year, Pillar, were you? And I, I was gone as manager. That was 2010, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But because you were guard, as you said, you were guard. So 2011, were you minding the man in the middle for the Dublin Kerry final? Uh, so, yeah, for only 2011, the All-Ireland, uh, uh, Joe McQuillan was the referee, I think, in the final. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Stephen Cluxon got the, the famous kick or whatever. And I, I was down on, on one knee, bended knee on the side of the pitch, just uh, right behind Cl- uh, Clucko when he when he took that kick. And as the fella said, I had my fist in the air a lot 
quicker than a lot of people because I could see the trajectory of the ball and uh, it was my job then to get in and mind the referee but it, it, there was nobody gunning from that day so uh, but it just it created a new I suppose awareness in terms of you know that referees could be assaulted if people got onto the pitch and um, there was enough anger in, in, in the crowd or whatever and also you know that replays within the stadium I, I think around that time they made the decision yeah look it's something very contentious we're not going to show it over and over within the stadium to ignite the crowd so there is a censorship uh, that goes on within the stadium as well. So uh, a lot of little side issues that arose out of it, uh, despite the fact that every GA person in the country, uh, may, maybe bar me, people felt that looked loud or wrong that day and, 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 and seriously wronged. Yeah. You know, when you get these letters, Pillar, are they like anonymous? Are they, was there any hate mail? Because this is a... <laughs> Some 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 of them were just directed to the county boards, and John Coslow would maybe hand me the following Tuesday or Thursday after the defeat uh, a, a few letters, and uh, he'd say, uh, "Don't read them before you go to bed." He says, uh, "Look, they're, they're addressed to the manager, uh, and they would they would be anonymous, you know, and quite vile. Uh, some of them too, you know what I mean? But that's just the nature of the beast. There, there was there was a guy from uh, he was actually an ex guard who wrote to me regularly. He's now deceased." But uh, I used to look forward to getting his letters because he would sign them and he would have brilliant stuff in them. And uh, he, he was obviously an astute uh, student of the game and, and, and he would go into great detail, watch the match over again and point out errors that, that we had in our plays. And uh, it, it was actually, I, I'd look forward to getting his correspondence. And uh, he, he, he was a guard in the Bridewell, uh, John Kelly was his name, and I, I used to actually look forward to getting his correspondence because it might be a six-page document that he had put together and he'd have uh, highlighted stuff and drawn diagrams on pages and underlined certain minutes in the game to rewatch. And it's a, it was a, a, he, he, he was like having a, a, a stats man uh, in, in, in the backroom team. He, he was that detailed and that vested in, in the whole... Uh, Improvement that that he could see was needed for Dublin to get where they needed to get to. But um, so no, yeah, look, I, I'm sure up and down the country, you know, it, it just goes with the role uh, that there is some fanatics out there, and some people feel that they, they have the right, which they yeah. have. They you know don't write to you personally at your family home or whatever. They they can certainly just address a letter into the county board, or, or, or and it'll get to you eventually. And Eamon McGee, I'm big on Twitter, as you, ours are you. Twitter's now where all this happens, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Your pillar uh, would get many of the DMs there than if he was on Twitter. Um, but this, this is, but no, in fairness, there, there has been a few, there has been a few letters. Uh, I haven't got it in a while now, but there has been a few. And again, anonymous. You wouldn't mind if someone had put their, put their name to a letter, um, but the, the anonymous stuff, they just don't really pay much pay much heat to yeah there's a cowardice to that isn't there uh, Eamon so Mickey Hart Paddy what's been the secret of getting loud like first of all up to Division 2 and now into the Slenster final I don't think there, there, there's no magic sauce I don't think with the with the two lads but um, Mickey and obviously Gavin Devlin as well um, they're just exceptional men um, like we were talking at, at the gig we were at on, on Wednesday evening um, talking to a couple of ex-Loud players Derek Crilly and, and lads that would have been around the team in, in in my days and you know even from after I left or before I played with Loud you always had murmurs or player giving out or you know things went well in the camp and maybe players coming and going and leaving panels and all the rest like since Mickey and Gavin have come in 
I haven't heard, genuinely haven't heard one bad thing, you know, coming out of the camp or from anyone involved in the county board or anyone that would know the, the goings-ons inside the camp. Um, there's just been such positivity around the place. And um, I know from speaking to some of the players that, you know, the coaching that they're getting from Gavin is is absolutely second to none. They, they hold him in the highest regard. And look, then obviously if you have Mickey Hart there, not, you know, nothing more needs to be said um, about him. And, uh, you know, they're bringing something, they're bringing a, work rate and you know the condition and all that sort of thing but i think a lot of it is around the belief and um you know grinding it out you know they, they've played a league this year where they probably lost two of their most well-known players in samuel Roy and, and karen Byrne. Um, and a few lads that have went traveling over the last kind of couple of years so it's not exactly like that he's been even playing with the full hand and there's players that have just developed something unbelievable over the last two three years Um, so it's just obviously whatever they're doing on, on, on the field and the coaching and the communication and, you know, the psych, psych, uh, psychological side of things is, it just must be phenomenal because three, four years ago, you know, we have to, uh, you know, inside the county while things are going well and there's a buzz, you have to remember where we were three, four, five years ago, you know, we not that we are a laughing stock, but you're at the close to the bottom rung of the ladder. So where we're at today regardless of what the result is on Sunday, where we're at today is a huge bit of progress from where we were, you know. Absolutely. And Pillar, you know yourself from the noughties when Dublin faced Tyrone and Mickey Harkin break some hearts, broke your heart a couple of times. Yeah, look, you know, you have to take your hat off to Mickey and then Gav Devlin. Uh, they're exceptional GA people. And, uh, you know, like Mickey did 18 seasons with the, the, the Tyrone seniors and like, you know, he, he he done the minors and twenty ones before that, and it's just it, it it was a big shock. You now I have to say, and a great, great kudos to to to, to Loud for going and approaching Mickey and see would he be interested. Um, I, I think he still had a grow that he wanted to hang on for a season or two with Tyrone. He still felt it was uh, unfinished business there. But look, when when they decided to cut links with him, uh, you know, he, he just felt, yeah, look, I'm ready and open for another challenge and. Uh, little did anybody think at that stage because, like, Paddy's right, you know, Loudwood in Division 4 and, you know, they were, they were looked on as an easy touch in Leinster, whoever got them in the first round. Uh, and, and that was just it. And that that was the the cycle and the history of, of Loud football at that, that period. And um, uh, what, he, what he has done in, in the three seasons is just absolutely phenomenal. And so much so that, look, when you looked at the draw this year, you know, it, it wasn't a huge shock that Loud have come through. Um, you know, you would have feeling that their, their their league campaign was very, very positive. Like to get it to the last day of the season, uh, you know, to, to play Dublin in more or less a playoff game, the winner was getting promoted and put in a very credible performance. It just shows how, how far they've actually come. Uh, that that you know, the demons are coming into Crow Park and, and taking a hiding. Uh, it, it's probably gone from this group uh, and the way M- Mickey has them set up uh, you know they're hearty to play against uh, and plus uh, you know they, they have that edge about them up front that they're, they're going to go at you and like the National League game they created three or four great goal chances uh, against Dublin that day and uh, you know even looking at the Dublin team that's announced uh, you know that full back line you'd be a little bit worried about them uh, in relation to uh, when they ran at hard uh, and, and you know so while the bookies odds are, seem crazy tomorrow I, like loud aren't without hope coming in here tomorrow they're, they're, they're not 
sort of one season wonders. Uh, they've backed up a lot, a lot of good performances. Uh, they've matured a lot as a group, and they believe in this in, in what they're doing and the style of football they're playing. They're very comfortable with it, um, and and I think you know they will give Dublin the right crack at this on, uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's Kildare five points Sligo two in the under twenty uh, football final in Breffley Park, the Airgood sponsored final. We're great to see Kildare and Sligo in that final. One all between Leeds and Newcastle in the Premier League. Eamon McGee, how do you? Uh, from somebody on the outside, assess uh, Dublin and Louth tomorrow. Uh, sorry to say that for Paddy, anyway, that I just see a Dublin being comfortable. Uh, I'd say <laughs> minimum six, six, six points. But in, in in terms of what what Mickey Hart and what Horst Evelyn have done with Loud, it's 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 a it's a lot of good work. And should you know they spring spring a surprise, it'll it'll surpass anything Mickey's. Mickey's done, and with even one in the All Irelands with Tyrone. Um, as I says, a lot of what I'm hearing from what what they're doing has been very good work, coaching wise from Horst Evelyn, just from a presence perspective with with Mickey Hart, and obviously he has good players to, to work with too. Uh, and and I think when we when we look at Dublin and the way Leinster's gone, this is from an outside perspective now. Um, I, I thought there was just a soon as the side of the Dublin jerseys that they were just laying down and you know it's just a matter of Dublin turning up and accepting accepting their their fit and I thought there was a lot of that in the last decade and even so and I thought we'd see Kildare and maybe Meath push push back but it didn't it didn't come through so hopefully loud now in terms of throw away that victim mentality and uh, start to because Dublin are not that they're on the wane but they're not the force that they were so there's an opportunity now for for some team in Leinster to to step up and no better man than and no better men than Mickey Hart and Devlin to to push push Louth on. Pillar, uh, what's the story with Dublin then? They crushed Leash and then they were sluggish the last day against Kildare. Why the inconsistency? Yeah, look, um, I think that could be bad news for Louth going into tomorrow because had they got another big victory over Kildare. There might have been a little bit of complacency amongst the group in terms of the things were going well. That you know they they they'd beaten Derry in a, in a Division Two League final, and then you would have sustained right two back to back big victories. But yeah, there, there, there was worrying uh, aspects to the Gildare performance, and yet you know the last fifteen minutes they were much the better team. Uh, so they've seen it through. But I would think that look they, they've got a warning shot. Uh, across the bow now and I think uh, you know training levels would have gone up a notch uh, they would know how good Loud uh, are capable of being uh, having played Loud in Pro Park in the National League already they will know the, the threat that Loud bring and they know that Loud are coming as Eamon says just just to, 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 to lie down and make up the numbers uh, you know Loud are going to give this a serious crack and plus look the X Factor of having Mickey, who who you know has undermined Dublin expectations in previous years, albeit with with a very good Toronto team, but uh, he, he, you know, so there, there might be a little bit of vulnerability there. Um, I just don't think Desi has got his full. Uh, I think he's still trying to extend the panel in that you know, uh, the, the, like there's still seven games to play if you're going to win the All Ireland, which is a hell of a lot. Uh, so I think Desi like is still trying to, you know, not blood players, but certainly give them game time in Crow Park and expose them a little bit. 
Uh, you know, like even in relation to if you were saying Dublin's best 15 to take on somebody tomorrow, Owen Merchant is obviously carrying an injury, so he's not the 26. Mick Fitzsimons, who you would expect to be in the starting team as well, uh, has been doing exams, so he hasn't broken back into the 26 yet as well. So there's two guys out of the fence that um, will certainly be a miss tomorrow. Uh, and, and look, there's there's other young guys uh, that that are, that are getting more game time and getting more exposure. Uh, but look, th- 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 that might be just a little chink that that you know Leo can go at tomorrow. Uh, Jack Mack is named as a sub. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting tomorrow with a change or two before before the, the ball is thrown in. Uh, but I wouldn't think that Dublin just have found. Uh, and I don't think Desi, you know, it's it's not about a starting 15 anymore. It's about probably getting his best 20 players. And, and you know, Brian Howard hasn't featured much. Niall Scully seems to have fallen down the pecking order. So there is subtle changes going on. Uh, you know, Pascal is getting yeah. the starting role now this season. So um, I, I think there's still a bit of tinkering going on with, with the team in terms of teasing it out and seeing... What combinations can work well, and what what can give them? Because when they've lost their last two semi-finals, I, I think maybe what came off the bench uh, weakened the team as, as opposed to Jordan Jim Gavin's era, where the team was being strengthened every time they made a, a, a late substitution or, or brought in the the, the 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 so-called subs. Where I think that would be one aspect that Desi would be really trying to improve on. That yeah, he needs more impact from the bench. Uh, you know, in, in the games, and I think that's still where Dublin is at trying to tease out that who actually are the best twenty players to have in the panel. We're speaking here to uh, the former Dublin manager Peter Caffrey, the ex All Ireland winner with uh, Donegal, Eamon McGee, and the former Louth captain Paddy Keenan about uh, the provincial finals and the Talton Cup and GA Go. We'll talk about that after two. It's kind of been a hot topic this week, so we're back after the news with that. So just to give you a rundown of what's going on elsewhere, we have. The Airgrid Under-20 football final at the moment is going on between Kildare and Sligo over at Breffney Park. Kind of a prelude to the uh, Talton Cup game between Cavan and Leash, but this is a national final. It's a massive game in Kildare. Eight points, Sligo three at the moment, 23 minutes into the opening half. In terms of the football, Leeds need to win against Newcastle. It's 1-1 in that game at Elland Road. So Leeds open the scoring through Luke Aylin. And then Newcastle uh, equalising through a Callum Wilson penalty. Three o'clock matches, Aston Villa against Spurs, uh, Chelsea Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace against Bournemouth. Uh, we also have Manchester United, the key game against Wolves at three o'clock and Southampton against Fulham also at three in the championship playoffs. Sunderland play Luton at half past five. In terms of what's going on in the show today, Ronnie O'Sullivan interview at half two. We got the Women's FAI celebration of 50 years uh, since the first international. That's coming up in interviews at about 2.45. Then Football Saturday, Mark Lawrence and joining Jan McDonald and uh, Johnny War between three and five. They're checking a possible penalty handball at uh, Ellen Road and wait and see. So that is against Leeds. Are Newcastle going to get their second penalty of the game? We'll come back to you with an update on that. And also the second part of the Saturday panel on the Gaelic football situation and the provinces tomorrow with Pillar Caffrey, Amy McGee and Paddy Keenan. Do you have a view, folks, on this Diego controversy? Is it overblown? Do you get the outrage and the anger there is about certain games being behind a paywall? Or do we just need to realise that this is the time we can't show every game and we have to go forward and the GA needs to make revenue to put back into the association. Love to hear your thoughts on that. 53106. We are back after the news.
And you're very welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. We're talking Gaelic football at the moment between now and about half two with uh, Eamon McGee, the former All Ireland winner with Donegal, ex Lads player Paddy Keenan, and the former Dublin boss Peter Caffrey. You want to get your views on the GA Go controversy? Listeners out there, 53106 at a cost of 30 cents. You can also tweet us at Off the Ball. Remember, folks, Waterford Clare meeting in the Munster Hurling Championship round robin in Thurles at six o'clock this evening. We're kind of wrapping up the Dublin Lads chat ahead of the Leinster final tomorrow. Paddy Keenan, what gives you hope tomorrow? What gives you hope you can do this and upset the dubs? Well, I suppose it's probably the way the nature um, allowed of me winning games this year, which is very, thankfully, very unloud. Like, um, you know, even in the league, they've come back from the dead. They've snatched, you know, victory from the jaws of defeat, which is not necessarily a trait that we would have had over the last 10 or 15 or 50 years. Um, you know, the Cork beat Kildare games, they really had to grind, um, grind it out in the last few minutes. Um, Westmead, eight points down at half time, came back and won by a point. Awfully come back a couple of times in the semi-final. Um, so they've, they've they've had a few scares. They've been up against it, and then obviously if you look at the the league game against Dublin, um, you know they got beaten by seven points in the end. But they will be very, I'm sure, Mickey and Gavin and the players would be very unhappy with that performance. You know the first half was actually quite good. The defensive setup was as good as nearly you would see. Um, Dublin really struggled to break it down. Now they missed a couple of chances, hit the post, one cleared off the line. Um, Dublin kind of got a bit of a run in the, in the third quarter and um, that's probably that period where Loud will hopefully learn from. Um, defensively, it'll be interesting to see how they set up because they were very, very defensive against Dublin that day in Crow Park. They were a little bit looser probably against Offaly and Westmead, so it'll be interesting to see how aggressive they'll be or how defensive they will be um, against Dublin on Sunday. But I think... Um, the, the character that they've shown um, will give you a good bit of hope. Um, the fact that they've played Dublin and played them in Crow Park and, and, and were there thereabouts, particularly for the first half of the game, will give them um, something to to, to, to work off. Um, I'm looking forward to the midfield battle. Um, you know, obviously McCarthy and Fenton, you know, not just two of the best players in the country, but, you know, two of the best players of, of all time, <laughs> to be fair. Um, so it's a huge task for the, for the, for the two loud lads, Conor Early and Tommy Dornan. But, both of those lads have progressed something serious um, over the last, you know, two, three, five years. Um, particularly Conor Early kind of, you know, coming fairly fresh into the panel. Tommy's been around a while, but the two of them are really developing into quality county midfielders. You know, they're, they're big men. They can score um, nearly every game they're getting on the score sheet. They can move. Um, I think that'll be a big, I think that'll be a big area that I'd be, I'd be, I'd be watching and hopefully we can, you know, break even or come out on top there. Um Look, at the end of the day, we're, we're playing an excellent team. If you look at the individual players that Dublin have, you know, they're top quality players. And if if they click on the day, you know, you could be under under a bit of pressure or a bit of bother. But um, I don't think this Loud team will fear them. I don't think Mickey and Gavin will allow um, allow Loud to be to be afraid of Dublin. I think they're genuinely, genuinely going to go up and give this a crack and and fancy their chances at, at, at taking a cut at Dublin. Um, whether that's enough, I don't know. But... Um, Look, when you're there, you have a chance. That's that's the starting point. Yeah. At least you're there, and um, look, they'll genuinely give it a give it a good crack. Uh, Peter, Dublin have an incentive here to win this for the thirteenth year in a row because if they win, they have Sligo, Ross Common, and Kildare in the round robin. If they lose, it's Kerry, Mayo, and Cork. Yeah, look, you know, looking at the groups and um, uh, the way the way they panned out, uh, like there's certainly no benefit in losing tomorrow. Uh, and Dublin will be well aware of that. Um, albeit that, look, should Dublin win, and then you're looking at their three games in the group, and you're saying, right, 
it's it's still games that look are all very winnable. Roscommon, Kildare, and Sligo, uh, and and that's the avenue the Dublin want to go. That that they'd be able to come in then to a quarter final, fresh with three more games under their belt, having discovered a bit more about the depth of the panel. But look, there's a job of work to be done tomorrow. Uh, I I think having got the fright against Kildare, Kildare set up similar to the way Loud set up in terms of they, you know they, they put up a big blank first half and Dublin. Genuinely, he did struggle. Uh, I, I think they were probably caught a little bit unawares, uh, not having seen Kildare set up quite like that before. Uh, Glenn Ryan had sort of kept that under wraps. Uh, and, and they frustrated Dublin for a long period in that game. And I, I think now that, look, Dublin have been road tested, uh, they know that Loud will set up like that tomorrow. Uh, and I, I think you'll see a better performance uh, from Dublin. Um, and um, I would expect them to, you know, while it mightn't be pretty in the eye for a long time, and I expect Leo to give this an almighty uh, lash, uh, I, I, I still can't but see Dublin finding a way and coming through it. Uh, Eamon McGee, so Derry Armagh, they both like the sweeper keepers, Oren Lynch and Ethan Rafferty. Was that something you enjoyed as a defender, having to have that in your, in your kind of wheelhouse around you? I, I would I would have loved this sweeper keep, keeper. Um, he probably would have ahead of the pecking order in terms of giving him the ball. I was one of the boys where you were told don't give the ball to her once I get it laid off. Um, but the, the sweeper keeper came in after around the time that I was finishing. Um, it was it was actually Kier McGinney that uh, trailed the sweeper keeper first with I'm nearly sure Blaine Hughes. Uh, Aidan O'Rourke and Kieran McGinney tried it out on their mad, didn't work as well. And it's, it's a fantastic option. It doesn't mean that every keeper in the GA in Ireland can try now. It's just that you, you need a certain skill set. You need to be good in the ball and you need to be dynamic. Um, and, and I think what a lot of teams, definitely last year, in terms of the club and inter-county, they would have they would have just done the sweeper keepers the same thing in jay whatever's the whatever's in vogue we'll try it out we'll not look at what does it suit us and we've seen a lot of sweeper keepers and there a lot of embarrassing moments for them um and and, and keepers now they, they they know now who's a sweeper keeper and who's just a who's just a keeper but in, in fairness to keepers there's the one position in jay they're constantly innovating and pushing themselves and evolving and you know the, the rest, even the coaches, as players out the field, it's it's an area that we, we should be doing the same. We should be looking looking at ourselves and, and, and pu- pushing on now. But, you, you know, Lynch or Lynch, he is coming into it in terms of that super keeper. But Rafferty is just way, way out ahead of him in, in terms of what he or Lynch isn't pivotal to, to Derry. But Rafferty is, is a big cog in that in that machine in terms of the way he can break lines and he can sit out and he can he can pick, pick a pass now. At Kildare, nine points, Lago four at half time in the Air Grid All Ireland Under Twenty Football Championship final at Breffney Park. Leeds Newcastle's hotting up. Newcastle went ahead two one, a second penalty from Callum Wilson, but Leeds have just equalised to Erasmus uh, Christensen. So Eddie, one minutes on the watch. Leeds two, Newcastle two. Eamon McGee, how do you weigh up then Derry Armagh? So Derry have been better in terms of scoring. 219, they got an average of against Fermanagh Monaghan. Armagh were maybe defensive in the league, but have got that attacking verve back perhaps. How do you kind of see this tomorrow unfolding? It's it's, it's a tough one. You know, I, I, would, I would do probably, I wouldn't be a better man, but I'd always do a GA bet. And 
with with one of the one, one of the Gidor lads and, and we took he gave me any other team but Derry because I, I just did there was a lot of talk about Derry and I just didn't see them progressing the way everybody was talking about it. So you know, I'm I'm am I confident in terms of will Armagh beat Derry? No, because Ar- Armagh have haven't pushed on the way I would expect them. They got relegated from the, the division one. It was kinda in terms of their development, it wouldn't it definitely wouldn't have helped them. And at times against Down, I know they comprehensively beat Down, but at times against Down, they in that first eight, 15 minutes, you're just looking at them, they're very ordinary. They looked fairly clueless in terms of what they were they were trying to get that long ball in and they looked clueless in terms of how how they how they went about it. So um probably dairy your favourite. You know, Derry don't have the manager. He he's pivotal pivotal to what Derry have been about. He's kind of like that Jose Mourinho thing. So the fact that he's not there is definitely going to affect him. And it's it's a really interesting game. It's a really really interesting game. And as I said at the at the start of the show, it's it's just something to really look forward to. You know, the geezer Pillar Caffrey. He was at your club, uh, Nafina, back in the day. Yeah, Geezer, 10 years with Nafina, um, you know, a huge, huge part of our success story. Um, a, a, a great guy, um, known, known very well and uh, would have massive time for him. And look, he's under a bit of pressure. Um, you know, this is the ninth season with yeah. Armagh. You know, the first time to get them to, to uh, he, he's had a terrible record in the Ulster Championship. So uh, I, I think he himself will know that, look, this is a massive opportunity uh, for Armagh uh, in terms of actually getting uh, an Ulster title. Uh, hard to believe that it is 15 years since they've won one. Uh, you know, Clonus is a great venue and, and Armagh supporters are, are probably the most colourful of, of, of the Northern in terms of when they bring their crowd. And uh, I, I think it'll be a massive occasion there tomorrow. And um very, very hard game to call. You know, Derry probably have more big game pedigree uh, more recently, uh, albeit that Armagh, like last year, were more impressive. Uh, this year, they've been up and down in the league. Uh, look, the need, I think, is is more on Armagh's side. And I just, I would have a sneaky suspicion that that, that Geezer will get a performance out of these guys tomorrow. He seems to have all his big guns uh, primed, Reno Nails back, uh, Jarlow Bournes back in the start, and Jarlow uh, in the starting lineup. So he, he seems to have his best team available to him at the right time. And, uh, you know, I, I just think there could be a big performance in these guys. But look, Caseman Park is the other issue that's coming down the track in 2025 in terms of going to be a live venue and an issue. And there, there'll be huge pressure for Ulster Finals to, 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 to be, go over to there. And, uh, you know, as Eamon says, Clone is a great venue. Uh, there's a feel about it that's quite different to, to you know, with Crow Park, for example. It's much more personal. Um, and I think, look, it'll be one of the great occasions because the provincial finals, in fairness, this year, like I think 11,000 people at that Munster final or 12,000 people at the Connacht final, very, very poor crowds for provincial finals. Uh, you know, what's going to be in Crow Park tomorrow, I think, an early kickoff, you know, I, th- I think there's a little bit of apathy in terms of the Dublin fan base. Uh, the Premiership is still on with this condensed season. I'm not sure uh, how vested the Dublin crowd are uh, at the moment in it, and uh, knowing that, look, there's three group games coming and then an All-Ireland, most likely an All-Ireland quarter-final. 
Uh, you know, so all eyes will be on Clonus because that is the saviour of the provincials this year. Uh, uh, Bard that loud come with a big performance and, and shot Dublin, but uh, you know, the, 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 all eyes will be on uh, Clonus tomorrow and, and the occasion that it will be and 30 odd thousand up there and colour and spectacle and hopefully a, a really good game to go with. How do you uh, see it then, Paddy uh, Armagh, your neighbours up against Derry tomorrow? Yeah, I, I, well, I'd agree with with with, with Peller there. The, it's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere, I think, up there. Um, take it seem like gold dust. Obviously, we're we're right in the border here, and um, you'd have a lot of farm and loud flags um, coming out of of, of many houses. Um, but uh, yeah, take it seem to be like gold dust, and I think the atmosphere, the build up, our fans have been obviously fantastic over the last couple of years, and have always been. Um, going back obviously to the, the early two thousands. Um, so it'd be great, a great, um, a great occasion. I, I don't know. I have a sneaky suspicion that Armagh will do it. Um, I think the I think the support to have will just give them that bit of a lift. Um, obviously, there's going ons in 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 Derry there for the players themselves. That's a tough position for them to to be in. There's a big distraction there, and how will they be able to cope with that coming into it? But they're probably further down the line than Armagh in that they're probably more settled. They've had a big um, a big year last year and plenty of experience, and they would have got a lot of learning from that. On paper, you're probably saying Derry should win, but I don't know why I'm saying Armagh. Um, I just think they've, they're one of these sort of wildcard teams and they showed it last year in the championship that anything can happen on, on any given day with Armagh. If you look even at that Galway game last year, um, you know, it could be a bizarre game. It, it could be, you know, a lot more open than maybe people think. And I think that's, I don't know, I think maybe the Armagh support can maybe just get them across the line. Okay, uh, 53106, uh, we're getting text in on GA Go, which has been the hot potato this week. Um, hi, John, no issue with GA Go as a concept and revenue generator. GA's got bills to pay, but the fact is the service reliant on broadband and the poor speeds in large parts of the country means even if you go and buy GA Go, it can be a frustrating experience. That's my issue, says Tom in Dublin. Lads, no issue with matches going behind a paywall as that's the way these things are going. But opting for a streaming service when large parts of the country have inadequate broadband and games just buffer is not the answer. The Zone launched a channel on Sky where you link your account on the app by inputting your viewing card number, which gives you access to the channel, which factors in people with poor Wi-Fi. No reason why the Diego couldn't do the same, says Mick and Cork. I think it's overblown, says Will from Dunleary. It's a pity it's not promoted as much as Sky Sports did. Pillar Caffrey, you're in Spain all the time getting your tan sorted. Do you have Diego? You must be uh, well uh, used to Diego in Spain. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a subscriber, a great believer in it, in that, you know, uh, the Talton Cup, for, for example, today, like uh, you'll be able to tune in and watch Cavan and, uh, and, and Leash play uh, later on this evening. Uh, you know, you, you have your, your choices, uh, more games. Uh, it was originally the idea was for people abroad that they, they could tune in and get their games or whatever. I, look, it's been a bit of this silly season, I think, in relation to the, the way it panned out with, you know, two, two of the best games probably of the year in Hurling, uh, being on the GA Go app and the Hurlers throwing tr- 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 the, 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 the toys out, out, out of the pram uh, and having the right go uh, at the concept of it but look next weekend you know football people will be up in arms because the two big games next weekend are on GA Go uh, that's uh, Kerry and Mayo and Galway and Tyrone but um, you, you, it is the way forward um, I, I think maybe the selection of the games uh, was a bit of an issue this year that like for two cracking hurling games to be on GA Go was a bit unlucky for the GA in ways because one of them was meant to be on uh, RT on the Sunday and, and because of a, 
uh, events in uh, Limerick. It was moved to the Saturday and then it went on to GA Go. But um, look, whether we like it or not, you know, those of us that love sport, uh, whatever sport it is, whether, you know, a lot of these sports channels are subscribed channels. And if you want to see the best stuff, you have to pay a little bit extra for it. Uh, I, I think the big problem the GA had is, look, it's early days for it. It's, it's a five-year deal. They say they're going to review uh, at the end of this season uh, what games. But look, in, in another three weeks' time, every game is going to be free to air. Once we, we get through the, the, the group stages, all the hurling games in a couple of weeks' time will be free to air as well. So uh, <clears throat> this whole outcry would have died down but the big problem is the access that pe people need to be able to access it and, and you know for the older generation they've been marginalized in a way in terms of the way the tickets uh, have gone that you know you, ha you have to be computer friendly now to be able to get tickets or go to super value and get tickets that the, this local thing are going into your club and getting them or, or going into the county board office and get them that's all been done away with and it's just a sign of the times that um, pe people feel a little marginalized uh, but look, I'm a believer in more games being, you know, having choice and, um, and being able to pick and choose what games you want to watch yourself. Pillar Caffrey's appeal for calm here on Off the Ball Saturday. Uh, Greg Caffrey on YouTube. Uh, GA need revenue? Question mark. That's ridiculous. They should be supporting counties that can't afford expenses or force them to pay equal expenses for equal effort. Cost the same regardless of gender level, etc. Eamon McGee, you didn't get paid for being a GA player. What do you believe in? Uh, what do you believe in this? And, and I wouldn't want the, uh, to go down that route at all. I'm happy enough that and proud that we didn't get paid. Uh, with, with the Diego, it's, it's something I didn't really get because there's only so much controversies you can you can pick on. <laughs> and I just didn't really bother getting getting into it now. But in, in, in terms of the thing, when when you when you started the show, you listed off the Talton Cup fixtures, and there's a there's a stream of fixtures there. There's also the provincial champions, there's also hurling. And it's the issue here that that season, RT can only show so many. So it's the secondary thing is do, do we go to like obviously the, there, there was a ver version, um, the, the, the TV station raised an issue during the week, and possibly there's something there. But I, I have no issue if, if there's going to be a few games and you have to pay a few pounds on, on, on GA Go. It's the, the choice is there. And, you know, teams and supporters are going to lose out because of the condensed season. That's That was stated at the split season, which I'm a big advocate of. I think the split season was had to come in. And that's because it's so condensed. You know, we're, we're going to miss out on some games. And, you know, be it the, the print media, be it the TV coverage, be it radio, it's so hard for, for you guys to try and get all these games in and, 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 and cover these games. And, we're going to miss out, and people are not going to be able to see every every game they want. And by giving them that option, what the GAA go? And, and I, I don't see any, any wild issue with it. Yeah, uh, we're just going to finish up here. Just uh, just a bit of hassle at the Leeds game. A supporter has been escorted off the pitch to all between Leeds and Newcastle here in the Premier League into stoppage time. Um, I think there's a few things about the Diego. Uh, like I think the condensed season is a huge part of it. 99 games in football this season, more games than ever before. You had 34 games in the Hurling Championship last year. You've got a championship which runs between April and July. Orti can only show as many games. Um, 
But then again, there's the whole question, and it's probably for another day, about like what is GA supposed to be in terms of, um, are, you know, you, you need to try and make the biggest games uh, available to uh, the most wide audience as possible. And I think that preliminary competitions, maybe the whole concept of the leagues, when games don't matter as much as the championship needs to be re- reviewed, and maybe the whole structure of the inter-county season needs to be reviewed. Paddy Keenan, maybe just a last uh, word from you on GA Go, what you've, you've made of the whole week. Yeah, I, I I agree with what the two lads have really said there. You know, there's more choice now, and you know you can't have one TV station basically taking up the full day on Saturday and all day on a Sunday just showing every single game that that's shown. It's it's not feasible or not possible. Um, fans are being given the the opportunity to 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 watch games, and um, there is more games games available. And you know, it it's probably the people that it's affecting is probably the elderly community where. Whether it's Wi-Fi or getting access to laptops, iPads, computers, smart TVs, or whatever it is, and you know, some people I'm sure will have would have difficulty in in maybe logging in or buying a subscription and that sort of thing. But at least the option is there. Um, you know, if you look back 20, 30 years ago, you might have one game on a Sunday and maybe the Sunday game, and that was that was it. You know, there there is a huge amount of TV being shown now, and. I think that's just the way that's just the way technology is going, um, and that's the way uh, viewing is going. You know, you've seen a COVID there has probably brought that on a lot as well. A lot of counties streaming club matches and, and things like that, which is brilliant because it gives more more games um, to more people and more access. Um, it's not perfect, but it's only the the, the start. Um, and look, people are used to Netflix, all that sort of subscription TV services. That's just the nature of, of, of how people are going to start watching TV in the future. Yeah, I think there's a few things here. I think uh, on the Virgin thing, uh, or Jay said the Virgin were invited to bid for rights. Um, I think that what people are angry about is that the championship still is the show. And like if you're having most of the hurling games and monster behind a paywall where the jeopardy is in the championship at the moment, that's causing anger. And also it, there's a bit of friction between what the GA is supposed to be as a voluntary amateur organization uh, that needs to generate revenue, but also then having this you know new concept of, of, of matches behind a paywall. So there's a little bit of a rub at the moment, a bit of friction between the three things. We're not going to solve it all today. Uh, Paddy Keenan and Peter Caffrey, enjoy tomorrow. Best of luck with it. Appreciate it, lads. Looking forward to it. And and Eamon, enjoy being the neutral tomorrow. No white boots now. No, the white boots will never be seen again, thank God. All right, lads, thanks so much. Cheers. cheers. That's uh, Eamon McGee, uh, Paddy Keenan and Peter Caffrey on Off The Ball. Gaelic football on Off The Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.